Now we have another natural tendency. The second natural tendency, and remember it's natural. The second natural tendency is that we look to the world to meet our emotional needs. We look to the creation to meet our emotional needs. Now what is the creation? Well, the creation is made up of people, places, things, and events. That's all the creation is. Now why do we do that? Well, we do that because when you're born, little baby, you have a little baby in your house? You've ever had a little baby in your house? When that little baby gets uncomfortable, what does it do? It cries. Now what do you do when that little baby cries besides fuss? You run to it. If it's your own child, you call your husband. If it's your grandchild, you try to beat him to it. <laughs> But anyway, when you hear the baby cry, you go, why? Because what's wrong? That's all a baby knows how to do. So a baby cries and you go and you decide if he's hungry or if he needs his diaper changed or if he needs to burp or whatever, you turn him over and you get him comfortable and you get him to be quiet. Now, in 24 hours, that baby is so smart, he knows what to do to get what he wants. All he's got to do is cry. Somebody shows up. <laughs> now that's normal. But you see, that little baby grows up, and that little baby begins to have some emotional needs. Now where's that little baby been looking all of his life to get his physical needs met? To people. So who does he look to? People. That's who he's used to looking to. And so we grow up and we have some emotional needs. Now, everybody has the need to be loved and to love. That's just what you need. And so what do we do? We go out and we try to find a, a mate to meet our need for love. We try to find some friends to meet our need for love. Now, I just wanted to get married. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to get married and have a family. I don't care about a career. You see, when I was in college, I never met a girl that wanted a career. We just wanted a husband that had a lucrative one. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm out to, to find a husband. And, and um, I came to Birmingham, Alabama and got a job. And on November 12th, I met a dental student whose name was Sam Peoples. Seven weeks later, he asked me to marry him. And I said yes. My roommate couldn't believe that I was going to marry someone I'd just known for seven weeks. Seven months later, we got married. I loved him and he loved me. We had a great time together. We went on a wonderful honeymoon. We came back to Birmingham, and 10 days later, he criticized my cooking. He didn't even criticize it. He just came in the kitchen. He said, what are you doing? I'm cutting corn off a cob. He said, my mother doesn't fix corn that way. And, and I got so mad. I cannot tell you how angry I got. I mean, it was so stupid. I took that knife. <laughs> and I stuck it in the wall. Now, I didn't throw it at Sam. 
But I just took it and I just chucked it in the wall, stuck in the sheetrock of our apartment. And then I turned to him and I said, just go let your mother fix your corn. <laughs> he went out of the kitchen and he didn't come back in the kitchen for a while. <laughs> and you know what he thought? He thought, what in the world happened to her? <laughs> Remember, I was born and raised in Alabama and I acted nice before that. Now he wondered, what happened to my sweet little wife? But you know what? I wondered what happened to me. Because I'd never thrown a knife in my life. And I thought, I cannot believe him. I cannot believe what he's done to me. And then one day he came home with a sewing machine. I said, what is that? And he said, it's a sewing machine. And I said, what are you going to do with it? And he said, it's yours. You're going to sew. And I said, what am I going to make? And he said, you're going to make your clothes. And I said, I'll beg your pardon. I don't wear homemade clothes. And you know what he said? He said, well, my mother makes my sister's clothes. I said, bully for her. I don't have a clue what happened to that sewing machine. In the move, it sort of didn't get moved. <laughs> and you know what? I was really disappointed in Sam. Now, we've been married 47 years, and we have a great marriage. It gets better every year. But I was disappointed in him. And you know what? He was disappointed in me because I didn't turn out to be what I acted like I was. Now, he acted like he always acted because he doesn't say anything if he's got a problem, and I didn't say anything about my problems till we married. And we were very upset. And do you know that I didn't realize for years that I was looking to Sam to meet my need for love. <laughs> and he couldn't do it. He didn't do it. And so I thought, he let me down. That's the way you hear people say it. You see, these women come to my house in their new car with their fine clothes and their fine jewelry, and they say, my husband is not meeting my needs. Well, I don't have to ask them what kind of needs you're talking about. I can see that their physical needs are met, so I know they mean emotional. And I have to struggle to get them to realize they're not supposed to. Now that sounds strange, doesn't it? I said that in a seminar one time, and a lady just stood up back in the audience, and she said, well, then what good is a husband? <laughs> and I said to her, that is a good question. <laughs> what good is a husband? I said, just give me some time to think about it. <laughs> and I thought about it. And I, I realized what good my husband is. <laughs> you see, he's the person I chose, and I'd rather be with him than anybody in the whole world to enjoy my love with. Now, there's a big difference in getting your love from him and enjoying it with him. 
And Sam and I had to learn together that love comes from God. We'll talk more about that later. But did you know God is love? You see, He's not love and you're not love. God is love. Oh, I can't believe the pressure I put on our relationship because I expected so much out of Him. And He said to me, I always felt like I let you down. And that made him feel so bad. Because I'll tell you, Sam just wants me happy. You know, if mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> and you better be happy. And I felt like saying to him sometime, I've been happy long enough, you be happy. <laughs> now, if love comes from God, and I get my love from God, and Sam gets his love from God, and then we get together, you know what happens? We enjoy our love with each other and the pressure is gone. If he comes home and he doesn't want to talk, what does that have to do with my love? Nothing. Nothing. If he comes home and I want to talk 16 times about something, what does that have to do with his love? Not a thing. Now that's a hard concept. But we look to people to meet those needs and they will always let us down because God didn't create us to have our emotional needs met by the creation. He made the creation for us to enjoy, not be a source of joy. And, and we grow up making it a source of joy because we learn that in the cradle. You cry and people come meet your needs. It's okay for a baby to cry and scream, but I'll tell you, it's not okay for a 40-year-old man to do that. It's not okay for a 30-year-old woman to do that. It's devastating. Now, we look to people for love, and, and it won't work. You look for God to love, and then you enjoy your love. You see, I heard Sam say one time, he said, the greatest thing I can do for Mary Glenn is be a loving man. I was sitting on the back of the church that day. I never heard him say that. And I thought, that's right. And the best thing I can do for him is to be a loving wife. You see, the greatest thing about Christianity is that you can be what you act like you are. Isn't that great? You don't think so? That makes you real. That keeps you from being a fake. Now, uh, we look to uh, the creation for joy and peace and comfort. <laughs> we think if I can just get a new house, if I can just get a new car, if my kids will just behave, if I can just get it all organized, we never stop to realize that God is the source. God is the source of hope. God is the source of joy. God is the source of peace. God is the source of comfort. And what He'll do, He'll meet your needs, and when you go out into the creation and you fall down, He'll get you up. And when he shears you, you'll be comfortable in an awkward position. 
We fail to realize that we have to be taught to take our attention off of the creation and put it on to the world. I feel that I really must mention the young man, Todd Beamer. I'm sure no one has to say who is that. Remember the young man on the airplane? He called the operator and and he said, um, we have to do something about what's happening. And he said, would you quote the 23rd Psalm with me? The 23rd Psalm, (laughs) what does that say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He quoted the whole thing. And then he said to, to the men, let's roll. God, that really got me. I guess that got me because I hear our young son say that to his family. <laughs> he'll get all ready to go and he'll say, let's roll. And you know what he did? He went to his death with the Lord as his shepherd. Now you would think that God would lead him to do that, would you? (laughs) You would think he would pray, God, save this plane and don't let it crash. But he did what he should have done because he accepted the responsibility for where he was. He didn't look to anybody for anything He turned to the Word of God, which he had learned, and he quoted it, and he did what God led him to do, which ended his life and those on that plane, and saved the lives of many. And you know the lesson I learned from that? We don't know what God's doing. And sometimes it seems that it just doesn't make any sense what God's doing. But the great thing about being a Christian and having Jesus as your shepherd is you don't have to know what he's doing. You just have to do what he says. Now, you need to get it in your mind that you are a sheep and you need a shepherd and he will lead you and sometimes you wonder if he's leading you in the right place or did you make a wrong turn? (laughs) And that's when you have to trust Him. Now, when I learned that God is love and Sam is not love, I took the pressure off of the relationship that we have. And He then had the freedom to be who He is, the person God created Him to be, and I quit trying to change Him. And when I realized the same for me, And he realized that he quit trying to change me. And then I was free to be me. (laughs) But I have to accept the responsibility for my reaction to him when he didn't get his way. And I have to quit expecting him to meet my emotional needs, to keep me loving and joyful and peaceful and comfortable. Now, I believe that's what's meant by you will know the truth and the truth will set you free what freedom that is. Because you know, you can lose a loved one in a second. You can lose your health tonight. You can have a major financial crisis in your life. 
and you can lose everything you worked for. And you can either be devastated, depressed, or you can trust God that He knows what He's doing and He loves you and He has your best interest at heart. Now, two natural tendencies. Number one, you want your way. <laughs> That's okay. But you need to learn to pay attention to how you react when you don't get it. Be responsible. Number two, it's natural to look to the world to meet our emotional needs. And you have to learn and you have to change the way you think. That's a very hard thing to do. You have to change the way you've been thinking and you have to focus on the way God would have you think. You have to think biblically and realize that I need to trust God to make me the kind of person that I really wanted to be all along. <laughs> See, I didn't like screaming and jerking my kids around. I didn't like pouting and not talking to Sam. I didn't like screaming at my kids and the phone rings and I go and I pick up the phone and I say, hello. And then I cover the phone and I look at them and I say, get out of here while I talk on the door. Yes. I hated myself for that. And I never knew that my response was my problem. I thought it was those disobedient kids. Now you think about it. And if it makes sense to you, you try it. And if it works, keep on using it. it doesn't, forget it. But remember that the Bible is different. You decide you believe it, and then God proves it to you. You don't prove it and then say, because I proved it, I believe it.